Amen. Amen. Let all the world in every corner sing, My God and King. And welcome to worship. As we begin worship this morning, hear from Psalm 113, the first five verses. Praise the Lord, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forever. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations. His glory is above the heavens. Who is like our God? Who is enthroned on high? Have you come to worship this morning? All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice. Hymn 27, standing together, let us sing.
church. Thank you for your worship. Would you welcome those around you this morning? So I asked you before we sang the first song if you were ready to worship. You affirmed that by worshiping. Way to go. So my question to you now is, are you expecting to respond to God this morning? Listen to that question and ask yourself that truly. Are you ready to respond to God this morning? As Pastor Chris says almost every week as he stands up here, he's, he calls us all at the end of the service to respond to God. Do you know that sometimes your response to him is no? Sometimes you feel the Spirit move and you don't. So whether or not you acknowledge it, you are going to respond to God today somehow. Jesus would say, if you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, respond. So if you've come here truly expecting God to move today, aren't you excited about worship? Amen. If you're a guest with us, welcome. We are so delighted to have you in our services today. You'll find a card in the pew back. Just let us know that you're here. We want to be your friend. So fill that out. And as the offering plate comes around later in the service, drop that in. Uh, we just want to start a friendship with you. So as we, we are at the front end of this great service today, would you pray with me? Great God and Father, we acknowledge that you are sovereign. You are holy above anything that we could imagine ourselves. So in the light of your greatness, we come to you this morning saying thank you. Thank you for preparing the way. Thank you for being here, for being our comforter our advocate. So we desperately call on you today, Lord, as we seek you through your scripture, through your spoken word, through the worship of your people, would you come and move again? Call your church to action, Lord, and may we respond boldly. We thank you for how you have blessed us so, so faithfully for so many years. And so we trust you in these days ahead. We ask all these things in your mighty in holy name, amen. I hope you've been reading Reverse this week, John 14. It is this beautiful testimony of Jesus with his disciples before the cross. And if you've read this and, and you've, said, you've heard Jesus say, keep my commands, I'm sending you a comforter, I'm not leaving you alone. Hearken back to the Old Testament at another time of transition. Moses had died. They were about to step into the promised land and God speaks to Joshua and says, I've given you my word. Trust that. Be strong and courageous. Listen to Joshua 1, 7 and 8. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. 
Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. As we continue in our worship service today, will that be your beacon? God, will you go before me? Will you shine a light? Will you give me your word to know that next step? Be thou my vision, O God. Hymn, hymn number 60. Let's stand and sing that together. You may be seated. Church, as you know, today is the opening of 4th Street Crossing, and so we are so excited for the worship that's happening right now that, that's there. Pastor Chris is over there, and he'll be back over with us in just a minute, but he wanted to be over there to, to share a couple words and welcome and pray with them. And so um, with that in mind, we asked Jimmy to do the children's sermon. Five o'clock this morning, we found out Jimmy's sick. 
So, children, <laughs> you get me today. So meet me down here. I'll meet you down here at the steps, boys and girls. and girls. Come on, you got to talk to me. Good morning, boys and girls. Okay, fantastic. It's great to see you today. How many of you like rules? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I know this to not be true. Okay. How many? Good. Good. So, so how many of you at home have some rules? Okay. All right. So tell me, what are some of those rules that you've got at home? Just tell me, what are they? No running in the house. Good. Muddy shoes, not in the house. Okay. Yes. Don't scream. Good rule. Good rule. Yes, dear. Clean your room. We're going to talk later. Okay, good. Good. Yes, sir. Clean the dishes. Okay, all good rules. Okay, these are rules that, that you probably your parents have established, and maybe if you follow those rules, you get food. You're, you follow those rules, a place to sleep. So what about rules at school? What are some of the rules at school that you've got? Yes, sir. No running in the, in the hallways, yes? No gum in the classroom, that's right. No talking. No talking. Okay, why, why do we have rules, boys and girls? What are the purpose for those rules? Yes, sir. We've got to follow directions. We've got, we got to learn to follow directions. That's great. What's, what's the reason for rules? So you don't get hurt. Sometimes rules are to protect you. That's brilliant. Good. Yes, sir. Because she said so. Some of the best reason for rules, right? Okay, absolutely. So we have rules for lots of reasons, right? Okay, how many of you have Legos? How many of you have Legos or play with Legos before? Okay, so my first question to you is, I, I have to know as a, as a parent, do you guys get up at like 3 in the morning and scatter them across the, t the floor so that we can step on them when we wake up? No? Okay, all right, I just, I had to ask. So when you get Legos, do you get really cool picture instructions in the box that, that tell you, okay, so this is a picture of, of the Star, uh, Starship Enterprise, because I'm sure you all have that, um, that <laughs> box. And, and in there, it's got all the different kinds of pieces that you're going to find in the box, right? And sometimes there are hundreds, sometimes a thousand pieces in those boxes, right? So why do they put these instructions in there? You need some help. That's right. You need help. And if you follow those directions, what happens? It'll make it beautiful just like it, it, it's supposed to be, right? Now, if you didn't follow those directions, can you make something out of those, those bricks? But is it exactly what it's supposed to be? Probably not. That's right. Okay, in our, our lesson today, Jesus says this. He says, if you love me, You'll do what I tell you to do. You'll follow the rules. 
because I've got a plan for your life that is so much better than you could ever do by yourself. So do we love Jesus? Yes, we do. And so when he says you should follow these rules, it's probably good to obey those rules, right? All right, so we'll listen to Pastor Chris as he talks to us about, about obeying Jesus, following his orders, so that we can know him like he really wants to know you. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the commands that you give us, that sometimes often they are for our protection. Often they are to help us grow and to learn. Because, God, we trust that you see the big picture much better than we ever could. So I pray for these boys and girls, Lord, that they will learn to trust you early. They will learn your words, they will learn your truth, and they will follow you um, to serve you for the rest of their lives. God, be with us as we listen today and as we worship. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, boys and girls. I'm going to nap well this afternoon. <laughs> 276 in your hymnal says, Oh, Jesus, I've promised to serve thee to the end. So again, as we prepare and, and are ready to hear from the word this morning, will you let this prayer be directly to the Lord? Let this be from your heart. Standing together, Oh, Jesus, I've promised.
may be seated. Amen. Thank you for allowing me to step out for a little bit. We uh, moved two services this morning. Uh, our contemporary service moved into a brand new facility this morning, and it was fantastic. So prayed over there. And because of that, our Spanish service moved into the chapel, which they were overjoyed about, and so was able to go pray with them there um, these are exciting days in the life of this church, so I'm grateful for that. And if you haven't uh, had a chance to see our new facility, uh, you need to make your way over there. It's, it's amazing. You did well uh, putting that together. I, I was going to ask how Aaron did in my absence, um, but I, I guess he did okay. And the quartet was fantastic, so that's good. They carried him well. I'm grateful for that. <laughs> Where, wherever he is, I don't know where he went. <laughs> we love you, Aaron. Don't leave. Don't leave. Let's turn our attention to the text for the morning. We're in John 14. You'll see it at the top of your listening sheet that looks like this. If you would, stand with me and let's, let's read out loud together. This then is the text for today. 
Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the words which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be fearful. May God bless the reading of his word. If you would, you uh, turn to John 14. We're going to be working through uh, John 14, 15, 16. You're going to want to have that, that open this morning, so go ahead and prepare your text that way. And as we get there, let's think of this image. Jesus is sitting at a loom weaving two threads together. Two threads that are coming together into splendid hand-tied knots. One frayed thread he found was lost in the back of a drawer, unnoticed and disintegrating. That's us. That is the thread of our lives this morning. If not now, we were once unnoticed and disintegrating. Alone, you are a monochromatic scrap. But in the hands of Jesus Christ, you become something beautiful. Jesus picks your life up. He, he pulls you forward and stretches you beyond your imagined elasticity. And for some, that's a make or break moment. You either love Christ for his ingenuity, or you long for that darkness at the back of the drawer, fighting his love. See, we come, come to these places where the love of God has been revealed to us, and we have a moment to respond, and we reach out and we embrace that love, and we cling to that love, or we fall flat. We fall back into that drawer. See, in the recesses of life, we try to redefine love. We try to redefine love as some sort of junior high flutter or something like that. But that's not what we're longing for this morning. That's what the, not what the Scripture is speaking to this morning, but we're longing for something more. We long for an intimate, loving, personal relationship with our God. Our God who loved us first. Our God who loved us in creation, who loved us through our brokenness, and, and God who desires us to turn our love toward Him where he sent his son on the cross in the most loving gesture known to mankind. And he's saying in that gesture, my arms are open to you. Turn your love back towards me. And there's no reason, there's no reason in this world for us not to love our God. But excuses roll off our tongues like a favorite chorus. While the refrain of Scripture is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. You see, when, when that love falls into place, when, when Jesus is weaving these two threads into place together, 
And, and the one, one thread is the frayed thread of your life. And the other, it's the bright red thread of the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus weaves that together for us. And, and he's, he's, he's beginning this, this conversation in John 14 as he's teaching on the Holy Spirit. That your life is wrapped up in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in your life and out of your life. It's above your life, under your life. It's through you and it's with you. The Holy Spirit with you together is producing brilliance. Alone, you are an unusable thread. But woven with the Holy Spirit, the fabric comes to life. And as the, Jesus works his way across the loom, there are five things this morning that he teaches us about the Holy Spirit. And, and the first of these five is, is found in John 14, 16. You'll, you'll turn in your text. He says this in John 14, 16. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. Jesus uses a peculiar word here. And we're not just given a helper, but we're given another helper. And, and not just any other helper, but the helper of the same as Jesus Christ. You see, as Jesus begins to describe the Holy Spirit for us and to us, he is saying that they are one and the same. Jesus Christ and the Spirit are one and the same. Jesus is going to ascend, and we're no longer going to, to see him and know him in the physical form of Jesus Christ incarnate. However, the Holy Spirit will seamlessly step into the exact same role and the exact same mission as Jesus Christ. So as often as we do and we think of the work of the Holy Spirit and we dream of the work of the Holy Spirit in this world, things come to mind. And when we think and investigate the work of the Holy Spirit today, you're going to find the Holy Spirit doing the very same things that Jesus Christ did. That's what he means, another helper here. And that word another is the same kind of another. Jesus Christ work. There's no variation. Christ, we see him in the Gospels out seeking to save the lost. That's where you're going to find the Holy Spirit at work, out seeking and saving the lost. Jesus, in his Gospels, you see him spreading that message, that good news of forgiveness that he had for us. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing today, taking that gospel of forgiveness out into the world. You see, sometimes in the church, we get drunk on the idea that the Holy Spirit brings about some kind of fantasy, some kind of world beyond us, when in reality, the Holy Spirit is hard at work in this world, carrying on the responsibilities of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is working hard for you and with you and through you. The Holy Spirit is working for the witnessing in this world and for the glory of our God. That's what the Holy Spirit's up to. The same kinds of things as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's where he starts that weave for us and around us. And he, he keeps going as we move to the second thing. As he's weaving these verses, and we move 17 and 20, those verses together, Jesus says in, in kind of a, a, a difficult way for us to understand that the Holy Spirit abides with you. The Holy Spirit will be inside of you. And then Jesus keeps going from there. He says Jesus is in the Father, that, that you're a lonely thread, and you're in Jesus, and Jesus is in you. And the Holy Spirit comes and cinches all this together. 
And, you know, in, in these chapters, as we move into 14 and 15 and 16, you can get caught up in the mystery of the Trinity here. But frankly, the more amazing thing than the Trinity is that in this conversation that Jesus is having, having about the Trinity, there is a fourth faded thread. Jesus pulls us into this discussion of the relationship of the Trinity. We, we, we think that we hear that Father, Son, Holy Spirit as Jesus is, is unpacking all of this. And as he's talking about them, he picks you up and he pulls you into that same conversation. He weaves you in with them. I am in you, you are in me, the Holy Spirit is in you, the Holy Spirit is through you, God is with you. You have no business being in that conversation. You deserve in no way to be there and to be mentioned in this text. And as Jesus is describing the glory of the Trinity, he mentions you and pulls you right beside him, threading you into the holy. So then he keeps going. He's threading that around, the Holy Spirit around us. And then we need to move a little bit further. In fact, our reverse text for this week was the second half of John chapter 14. So we've read the second half of John 14 together all week. But I hope as you've studied, you, you recognize there's a much bigger conversation happening here. In fact, if you take this text, you really need to read John 14, 15, and 16 kind of together. And that There's a whole conversation about the Holy Spirit happening in 14, 15, and 16. And so let, let's move uh, there now. Let's move to one critical piece that's tucked away in 16. Look with me at John 16, 8 through 11. You see there in, in, in 8 through 11, that there Jesus is still weaving the truth of the Holy Spirit um, in with our lives. And as he's telling us this, he says this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that is bringing conviction into this world. It's the Holy Spirit that's bringing conviction into our lives. The Holy Spirit is hard at work in this way. See, what this means is the Holy Spirit is establishing truth. God told us in the beginning, Jesus carried it in the incarnation saying, this is the truth of God. And the Holy Spirit is carrying that same mantle, that, that same marker and says, this is truth. And as that unfolds, what that means for us often is conviction. Establishing truth that things like greed and pride and lust and the evil imaginations of our heart deceptively steal us away from God. Saying, put your marker down there. That is truth. Those things are stealing you away from your God. And so in that role, the Spirit is separating and separating us out from the world. In fact, when you get down to, back to our reverse text this week, John 14, there's, there's, a, there's a difficult section in John chapter 14, verse 17. You notice this divisive statement that Jesus makes where he says, the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. So as we uh, reconcile that, uh, part of this is because if the world receives the Holy Spirit, it ceases to be the world. The Holy Spirit is out convicting the world and convicting our flesh that it cannot remain the same. So in that conviction of the Holy Spirit, that's, that's where repentance comes in today. So in that conviction of the Holy Spirit, we begin to repent and turn and we change and we come, become something different than we once were. So if the world rejects the Holy Spirit and remains the world, then it's just rejected God and it's separate forever. But if the world or if your flesh co comes near to God in the conviction of the Holy Spirit... 
and repent, then Christ reshapes us into perfection. The world is no longer the world. The flesh is no longer the flesh. Jesus molds us into something pure and holy. See, Jesus does the same thing in each one of our hearts, moving us from conviction to perfection as he weaves our lives together in, with, and through the Holy Spirit. Then he keeps going. He's moving on. The fourth turn. The fourth turn is we are promised that the Holy Spirit is going to do something for us. The Holy Spirit is going to teach us and help us remember. And as we move forward from conviction, so we're stepping out of this conviction and repentance, as we do that, we walk the path that Jesus walked, even to death on a cross. But we are never, and here's the promise, we are never doing that alone. The Holy Spirit is with you and fighting for you. The the Spirit is guiding you forward, and the the Spirit is relaying and reminding the truth that Jesus fully lived out on this earth. You know, we're told in verse 26 that the Holy Spirit will cause us to remember the gospel of Jesus Christ, or specifically, that the disciples would remember. And specifically, the disciples are going to remember everything that Jesus told them all along the way. All of these stops that they had with Jesus, the Holy Spirit is going to bring back to their mind And now we have the written word of God. So we praise him for that. Stands in front of us because of that promise. Because of that work of the Holy Spirit. But the fact remains the same. That same promise of the Spirit that he's going to bring to mind the ways of God is is for us. When we need it and when we're out in this world doing the things that we do, the Holy Spirit will remind us and teach us the things that we need to know. The ways of Christ will be brought to mind. And that's the Holy Spirit prodding you and nudging you forward. See, as a Christian, we're not left up to our own devices. And we praise God for that because we're not capable. And so God sent the Spirit to help us to to recall and interpret the word of Jesus Christ in our present situation. Because remember, alone we are an unusable thread. But woven together with the Holy Spirit, we come to life. It's where we find brilliance and beauty. It's where we find our vibrancy and our hope. It's where we find our peace when we're woven together in and with the Holy Spirit. And as Jesus is doing that in our lives, and the truth of the Holy Spirit, and our lives come together, it brings warmth to our soul. We have another Jesus We have another Jesus that's with us so we don't have to be left alone. We abide with the Godhead. The Spirit brings conviction. The the Spirit is guarding our hearts and developing our minds, doing good work. And I hope we take heart in the warming work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You have this great promise of God that is on you this morning. This great promise of God of the Holy Spirit is still at work in the world today and at work in this church right now. God is doing good. And I hope that warms your heart. But in that same work, we have an often ignored responsibility. Because all of those promises of the love of God that you see through here, the promises of the Holy Spirit, they are conditional. Look down at three verses with me. It's chapter 14. We'll look at verse 15 first. If, 15, which is the first verse of our reverse this week, starts with the word if. If you love me, 
And so we've already established that early. We're, we're going to love our God. He says, if you love me, then there's a reaction, there's a response, there's a responsibility that comes with that. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Then look at 21. Uh, John 14, 21. If anyone, you get that same word, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. We're going to keep Jesus' commandments. We're going to keep his word. Then keep moving down with me. Verse 23. Oh, that, that was 23, excuse me. 21 is, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and he will be loved by my Father. So you see, all three of those, if we love our God and being woven into this work of the Holy Spirit, we have to be obedient to God. There's no other way for us. For this to remain and that relationship to remain, you have to respond in obedience Often we come to God and we, we step forward into repentance and we, we, we lay aside our past. And that's what we need to do. But from there, there's another step forward into obedience. Where you ask God for forgiveness of your past and then you step forward into a new obedience moving towards heaven. See, and the opposite is also true. That disobedience, when we disobey, it exposes our lack of love. And in fact, when we disobey God, all of this begins to unravel. The things that have begun to be established in our lives begin to unravel in our disobedience. Because the, the sin is painful. The sin is devastating. And it will devastatingly dis disintegrate you. And you will fall apart into nothingness. See, this all comes apart when we refuse to obey our God. For the beauty of life to remain, for us to be in close with the Holy Spirit, we choose each day to obey our God. We either do that or we slip back into the shadows of the drawer. Now Jesus keeps helping us here because he spells out these commandments as clear as day. Now one, when he says you need to obey me, one of those we, we've already gotten to, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He's, that's the first commandment, and, and we, we know that. But there's a second commandment that Jesus also gives us. Look with me at John 15. So John 15, 12, and 15, 17. Right, he's told us all this in 14, that you need to obey my commandments. Then in chapter 15, he tells us what the commandments are. Look at 15, 12. This is my commandment. That you love one another. And not just love one another and not, not just some sort of emotional connection with one another or someone near you. But, but it's more than that. I want you to love one another, love the people in this room just as I have loved you. As I gave myself up for you. I went to the cross for you. I got down on my knees and I washed your feet. You are to love the people in this room that same way. That's how God is calling you to be obedient. There's people in your life that God is saying, you need a deeper love for those people that are in your life. The people that I'm bringing in your life today, you need to find a deeper love for them. You know, this love one another, it's throughout the scriptures. Jesus tells us the same thing in Matthew 22. This is this great commandment. How we're going to love one another this morning. God is calling you to love someone in your life on a deeper level that draws them in nearer to God. See, sometimes in, in our reaching out and our loving the people that are around us, we're loving in such a way so that they in turn love us. And that's not what we're talking about either this morning, but we love them in such a way that they begin to love God and draw nearer to God. In fact, God has put people in your life this very day for you to love on them 
and that love to draw them near to God. And so you need to ask God, what, what does this mean for me to be obedient to you in this way, where I can love them and draw them in close to you? And so this week, we need to listen for God. Listen for her, how God is speaking that into our lives as people come in and out of our week. As we're going about our business this week, as we're going about our recreation this week, God is calling us to love the people that come in and out of our lives. There's specific acts of obedience God is asking of you. We need to make sure and take note of those and step out in obedience because if not, all of this is just going to unravel. See, I've given you this command to love. And when you don't, it all begins to just come apart. And sometimes it does. Even for some of us as devout Christians, it begins to unravel. The ends of the thread begin to fray. We begin to lose that, that peace that Jesus so eloquently promised us. But, but even in those moments of frayed edges, we do not despair. And we don't despair because we have a paraclete. Now that's the word used um, in the text this week, verse 16 and others. When you, when you see the word helper, that, that, that the Holy Spirit is our helper or the Holy Spirit is our advocate, some of your translations will use the word paraclete. Paraclete is a transliteration of the Greek term that they're trying to translate um, in that place. And the Holy Spirit is a helper. And the reason why some just translate the word paraclete is because really the Holy Spirit is more than a helper for us. In fact, there's, a, there's an image associated with this word of, of a legal advocate, of, of when a, a frayed and unraveling person can no longer defend themselves. They, they have a legal advocate that comes and stands with them and supports them and takes care of them. One that's brought in alongside of them to make things right. And that's the word paraclete, that, that the Holy Spirit has come. And when, when you are at the end of your rope, when, when you have, have all but given up, the Holy Spirit is there to come alongside you to be your advocate, to be your helper, to lift you up and to make things right. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing on our behalf right now this morning. The Holy Spirit is giving you your strength back. And the Holy Spirit is leading you into a repentance that is healing for your life. The Holy Spirit is leading you into the time of hope and peace from our God above. The Holy Spirit is our paraclete, our advocate, our helper, still at work today, even as we begin to, to let go, even as things begin to kind of fall apart, the Holy Spirit comes in and nurtures us. Don't miss that opportunity. Don't, don't miss that time with the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't drift down into nothingness, but, but reach up and grab a hold of the Holy Spirit and, and become, become one, become woven in to what God is doing here. See, because that's what Jesus is doing. You see it in this text. Weaving all this together, our lives, the Holy Spirit, conviction, truth. And in all of that, as he's weaving this together, we have the smallest part to play. And in this whole thing, we have the simplest of responses to our God. So just obey. I've given you, I've given you two commandments. They're all, they're all summed up in two. Love the Lord your God. And love your neighbor. Love the people that are coming in and out of your life this week. As you do that, let Christ tend to your life so that it's no longer you controlling it. And that's what some of us have to give up this morning. 
that we really still want the control of our lives. And what he's saying is just let it go. Let, let Christ weave this together in your life. Let God control it. Let, let him take care of this. In fact, you see this often in the Old Testament. One of, one of the, the commands often in the Old Testament is just be still. And that may be the word that God has for some of us this morning, to just be still. Let the Holy Spirit sweep in and around and through you. And as you are still, God is fighting for you. And God is, is taking care of you and molding you and nurturing you. Be still and know that I am God. And as he does, the Holy Spirit is going to wrap himself around you. He's going to turn your life into something beautiful, something brilliant. You see, we have to give up on the thought that we are anything this morning. We are nothing but a scrap in need of repentance. But at the hands of Jesus Christ, we become something beautiful. Even us, something brilliant. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We are grateful for your work in our lives. And this morning, at this time, we're going to commit to obey you. We are yours. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. The Spirit is moving. Let's have our time of prayer now, where all of us are going to respond to God in, in some way this morning. So maybe you need to do this. Maybe you need to pull out the listening sheet and draw an image from today's text. Maybe you need to pull out the listening sheet and write down how God is telling you to obey. Maybe it's a specific act of love. If there's a specific act of love God has put on your heart this morning, write it down. Now maybe he hasn't yet given you the specific act, but he's given you the name. Write it down and say, I will obey. I am going to love this person this week. You can also respond by coming to the, to the altar and praying. This is open. I'll be down front. Brian will be here. If you want to talk about accepting Christ or joining this church, come, come talk. Come pray with us. We're here. Same way we're going to sing and we're going to give. And we're going to do those things with all of our heart this morning. So let's stand and let's respond.
worship as we enter a time of offering now. You may be seated.
Hi, everyone. The church for most of the last couple thousand years has been on the forefront of the exploration of everything from the heavens to the earth to the inner life. And that's how it led the way in remaking the ancient world into the Western civilization that you know today. The church took seriously Jesus's instruction to ask, seek, and knock because it understood that's how the human race will thrive. In a stunning turn of events, a common belief about the church today is that it's afraid of asking hard questions, that it's an unsafe place to bring your questions, and that it has adopted a defensive posture against a world that asks too many questions. We aim to overturn that perception on Thursday nights. You might remember Midweek in the City, the single adults event that occurred each Wednesday. Well, now it's on Thursday and still presented by the FBCSA single adults ministry, but the single adults and I are opening this up to anybody and everybody in the whole church and the city, married or not, because we think that the questions that need asking in our day are challenging enough to need more minds around the table to consider them. We face uncertainties every day, all of us, in, our ch in church or out. And we might think we need immediate answers, but actually we need to start with better questions. That's the purpose of midweek or of Thursday in the city. Old habits die hard. Um, <laughs> please see the screens. Uh, week by week, we talk with interesting guests, philosophers, musicians, theologians, scientists, and more who help us voice honest questions about big issues. We begin in 4th Street Crossing at 7 p.m. on February 21, and we go through May 23. Then the fall session will run from September through November. Come help us ask, seek, and knock. Thursday in the city, ask questions, think new, fear not. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Brian. Let's continue moving through life together. There's a couple of things that I want to remind you of. Uh, one is not in your bulletin. The next time for teaching is February 17th. In the evening, 6 o'clock, we'll have time for teaching and then a fellowship after. I hope you've heard. I feel like God has given us three words to guide us in our uh, future together. Uh, those three words are repent, witness, and disciple. And in our time for teaching, we've been working through what those words mean. This uh, Friday, or excuse me, Sunday, February uh, 17th will be the last teaching on repentance uh, in that time for teaching setting. Then we'll move to witnessing and discipling. So come help us wrap up that last time for teaching on repentance, February 17th. Then the next week uh, in the evening service, February 24th, we will have our 4th Street Crossing dedication. So today, worship began over in 4th Street Crossing with our contemporary service, and that new space is brilliant. Uh, it has done well and served well. We're grateful for the, the opportunities that we have out of that new space. And we're going to have a dedication service. We're going to have uh, that night church conference will be at 5. Then at 6 o'clock, we're going to have a service where we dedicate that building and worship in there together. So uh, look for that, and I hope you can come and be a part of that. Also, you see... In your bulletin, uh, at the top, the Babysitting Collaborative, one of the things that we're doing as a church is supporting and loving our foster families and those that are, that are fostering and, and how they take care of the children. And one of the ways that we can do that is offer them support. 
where they have to have trained babysitters. They can't just leave their children or their, their children in foster care with, with anyone. They have to be trained, and, and uh, the church is going to offer that training for our people and for uh, people in the city. And so if you want to help us love and support foster families, come February 9th at 9 a.m., and we're going to do that together. And then one more thing off here, uh, you see the journey to restoration. One of the fantastic things our church does that many don't know about is our heart-to-heart -heart ministries. That's where we have care for people who are grieving, who are divorced, uh, people in sexual addiction, people who need forgiveness. And so through the year, we offer classes to, to help care and, and nurture those who are dealing with those things. This is one of those opportunities. Journey to Restoration are for those who've been wounded. If you've been wounded either physically, sexually, spiritually, emotionally, this is a place where we hope can foster healing for those times. And so it, it's, a, it's a wonderful opportunity, and we hope um, if you need it, you'll come. We think you'll find healing there. One more thing from me, you see these beautiful uh, flowers that are in front of me. And those are to the glory of God and in honor of the 98th birthday of Mr. Rex Shannon. And so we are grateful for him. That's right. We're great. There he is. Let me tell you something. Rex is, Rex is 98 years old. He served our country in World War II. He was a pilot in World War II, uh, flew a jumbo tanker, among all kinds of other things, and a flight instructor, and served this country well. But even beyond that, he has served this church well. In fact, at 98 years old, he still volunteers. In fact, he serves in our Wednesday night meal, um, still serving and doing great work for the kingdom of God. So, Rex, we're thankful for you and glad for your example. Pastor, it is my joy to introduce to you and to the church uh, Miss Arcelia Thompson and Miss uh, Micaela Flores. Um, this is the wife and daughter of a beloved longtime Spanish, uh, Hispanic pastor in our city, and so they're coming to, to put their service with us. So, welcome. Yeah, Frank Flores, uh, pastor, was it 40, how long? 40 plus years in this city as a, 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 one of the pillar Spanish pastors of our community. So we're grateful to have his wife and his daughter. If you know them or knew Frank, you can come stand with them as these have. But if you look forward in growing in faith with these two women, would you say amen? Amen. And? We love you. That's right. We're going we're gonna to go and we'll, we'll stand at the door. You come by and greet them and welcome them into this family of faith. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll... Let's sing as we're dismissed. Would you stand together? Have faith in God. Bless you.